Welcome to the great conversation where ideas matter. Ideas shape markets, ideas can change the world. I wanna read you all something. Uh, it was a, a fascinating uh, example of how to leverage language. I wanna read a paragraph uh, from a description of a gentleman's services that he provides to his company. Here it is. I enable, notice the terms now, I enable my enterprise partners across the business with collaborative solutions that drive value recognition, value recognition and directly support business growth. Now, for those of you who are in the risk, resilience, and security industry, do you notice there's nothing about risk, resilience, and security in that paragraph? It's about enabling the business. And as you all know, I've consulted with CEOs. I know their main job is navigating risk and opportunity. And when I saw that paragraph, I wanted to get the man behind that paragraph in a great conversation. So welcome. Uh, Scott Lindahl, the Vice President of Corporate Services and Chief Security Officer of Kellogg, my favorite cereal brand. Hi, Scott. Hi, Ron. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Scott, I, I really want to dig into this paragraph. Um, you know, all of us are on a journey here. Uh, those of you in ISMA, which you're part of, the International Security Management Association, uh, you give back your time. Uh, to your school where you were on the criminal justice wall of fame in 2020, go Spartans, right? Go Spartans. <laughs> and you, you, you give back to your partners every day and your peers. So I want to dig into this paragraph. Where, where did that come from? Where, where did, where does Scott Lindell learn to speak that way about his career? Well, it, it, it certainly comes from, from, from a long time of, of learning. Um, you know, it didn't, uh, it, you know, it's not language that I probably used my whole career. It's something I've picked up along the way. And, you know, we, we talk about, you know, security leaders and what that means. And I think it wasn't until I became a leader of other responsibilities, I became, and, and I say it to my team internally, right? Uh, I'm, I lead corporate services, but our function is to serve the corporation. Uh, and that's where I think my recognition to um, the broader piece really turned into some language I could use internally. Well, you also, fortunately, I, I don't believe in coincidence, by the way, you studied criminal justice, um, like we just mentioned at Michigan State, yeah. but you went through a series of internships. I mean, you, you worked for a manufacturer, you worked for a financial firm, services firm, you worked for a retail consumer firm, you have been across different industries, and it almost appears, am I right on this? I, I may be making a big leap, but you were paying attention to the business models of these different market sectors at the same time, trying to help them with their security posture. Absolutely, those experiences have you know, been valuable to me. And as, as you point out, probably, you know, what is their... Um, product to the marketplace, what are they selling, and, um, you know, how does uh, a security leader, how do myself as, you know, as an employee, how do I help 
get them there to their success was a little bit different everywhere. And it's certainly, a, you know, to use the term, a string I continue to pull on. Right. Who, um, I, you know a little bit about my background. If it wasn't for McDonnell Douglas, I wouldn't have learned that whole process model I use to consult with companies. I, I wouldn't have done that. Who was your mentor uh, or mentors that helped shape how you have those conversations with your collaborative partners? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I, I, I never think of myself as a salesman, right? Maybe just, I, I'm not the extrovert. It's not inherent in me. Uh, however, um, you know, a lot to be learned from salesmen. And uh, my first real job in, in the security industry uh, was for a small um, security services provider, family owned at the time. And, uh, you know, to see exactly what you just described of, you know, selling services to corporations. And it meant asking questions and listening and, um, you know, uh, family run, uh, small, nimble, they could make those adjustments. And I think very early on that brought some of that recognition to me that, hey, as I got further in my career in bigger organizations, some of those things got harder to do. Um, you know, the, the size of the, the, the ship gets bigger sometimes and harder to turn. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was great experience early on to understand um, the focus of the customer and delivering services to them. Okay, let's be honest, because I also had experience in sales way back when. And uh, I will say, largely, unfortunately, salespeople learn bad skills, right? So um, there's a way of doing inquiry, asking questions that is designed to uncover truth rather than manipulating outcomes. And, and you know, you can't use that spirit of in inquiry and manipulate your corporate partners. You can't do that. You're looking for a way to navigate risk and opportunity again. So, so as a sales guy, I know there aren't many courses out there <clears throat> that teach that non-manipulative inquiry in, in a professional way. So, so again, how did you learn that? Uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know that there was one place or one time, uh, you know, it, it's okay. certainly um, a journey, right? Right. Um, and, and, and trial and error. Cause I think, uh, you know, we, we can do it often in the security industry um, is be, um, black and white, right? Uh, right. There, there's one, you know, there's right and wrong in one place where we need to go. Uh, but the, the inquiry piece of what, you know, uh, as many uh, have said, right, is, you know, what is the goal? What is, uh, you know, how do we come at a solution? Um, you know, sometimes it's the, the why are we here, right? Um, it, it's truly the inquiry piece that, um, you know, has taken some patient learning for me. Absolutely. For all of us, right? We have our wisdom comes from the scars on our back. <laughs> so there is a time to value there, which is why the role of mentorships, if you can somehow yeah. avoid the scars, 
you know, that's a good thing. Um, but um, do you have, and, and by the way, I, I'm presuming you don't, do you have a methodology that you teach your people on going through that series of questions with their corporate enterprise customers? Um, you know, a written methodology, you know, do I teach it? No. Uh, I, I think, again, along the lines of, um, you know, we use a, a, an internal piece uh, in, in Kellogg at the company of, you know, freedom within a framework. Um, and when we think of a global company and as challenging geopolitically and as diverse as the world is, and boy, we've gotten better to recognize that as humanity the last, you know, uh, n- number of years, uh, certainly from, you know, a, a different time when I, when I grew up and we thought the world was much simpler. Um, so it, it's more of about framework and agility within that framework, and then let the folks go sort it out what it means for their markets. Um, rather than, you know, there's something for me to teach them and tell them and how to go do it. Um, so, you know, I, I think much more about guiding principles and ways of working than, um, here's the mantra and this is what we follow. So funny. I was just on a conversation the other day with a great leader who, who said, we, we have to start with core values, right? We have to, what, and the core values, we're not, we're not talking just the personal values, right? Or the team values. We're also talking, you know, what our intentions are with our teammates, right? And our peers. So I love the fact that you start with values, but you just meant words are real things to me. And you just said our markets. And I think what you meant by that, just so everyone knows, Scott manages global real estate, what he calls integrated facilities management. Love to understand, make sure I understand what that means global and integrated travel and expense, and of course, risk-based security model, where you advise and enable what that means to every one of your corporate uh, uh, peers. Uh, So that's what you meant by market sectors, right? The markets in which they live. Absolutely, absolutely. Any one of those services in the business markets. Right, so you didn't have corporate services at the beginning, you were chief security officer. How did that happen? Well, you know, uh, I, I've been very fortunate, uh, I think, in my time and career that I've been adjacent to, been part of some great teams, had exposure to the business. And, you know, in, in the corporate world, often, you know, security and real estate have those adjacencies. And whether we're reporting structures or, 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 or working partners, um, you know, we often know each other, uh, work together. And I think I've seen a lot, uh, you know, that throughout my career, my prior roles. Um, but it was, you know, absolutely, I think, you know, the demonstration of some of what we've talked about already that then created those opportunities for me at Kellogg. And uh, as, as fortunate as I've been, um, they keep asking me to do a few more things. Uh and, uh, you know, great responsibilities, a great organization, and, and a joy to do that, you know, in, in serving a company uh, that with, with great people. Um, but it's clearly been about not just being the security guy. Yeah, yeah, that, that's actually fascinating. And by the way, you, we both know, find the busiest guy in the room and uh, give him more, right? <laughs> There's days it feels that way. <laughs> But um, 
it, it's interesting. I went to uh, my first summit a few months ago, and I had a wonderful opportunity to talk to a chief legal officer who was there. And I was asking, you know, it, it's hard to, if you think about it, you're in a room, imagine you're at a table with your corporate peers who all come from, let's use your term, different market sectors, and they all speak different languages. I mean, HR speaks a different language than finance. Sales, a different language than supply chain operations, right? They all speak different languages. So it's, it's not enough just to say, well, I'm here to serve you. You have to understand their language. You have to understand their roles and their responsibilities, how they get paid, you know, what, what their value recognition is. That, that's a tough job. Absolutely, right? And I think um, your prompt there makes me think of uh, when I got some of those additional responsibilities and the real estate team um, began reporting to me. You know, I told the team, I said, the good or the bad of, of this situation, right, of, of the opportunity in front of us is, um, I said, I used to be a peer. I used to be a partner of yours. Uh, and so, you know, the good, the bad of that, um, uh, you know, hey, I think there's some process, uh, some change opportunities, right? We can redefine how we work because I was on one end of it and they were on the other. Uh, but it, it was clear to me, even within our own corporate services team, um, that we need to understand that stakeholder engagement, right? That it wasn't always the, the forefront of the work of what do they need to get out of it? You know, we know probably what the organization wants to get out of it, but um, how do we chart the path for success um, cross-functionally uh, to get the best result versus just, um, I'm here to do this, you're on the team to do that. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll all get there in the end our own way. Um, we've all been part of some bad projects in our careers. Um, and, you know, I said, uh, with, with those additional responsibilities, it certainly, you know, uh, broaden my view to um, how we get to a better place, uh, a better journey along the way. Well, if you think about it, if I'm right, and the main job of a CEO is to manage risk and opportunity yep. to achieve valuable incomes, if, if I'm right on that, uh, that person, that CEO is the one person in the room that has to establish not only what that means individually to each one of those personas, but collectively somehow ensure they all understand the whole picture. And there's one other person in the room, you. Scott, you, you're the one who understands if you do that spirit of inquiry correctly, what unique risks each of them have, and then collectively how it fits and stitches all together to make Kellogg successful. That, are you, when you're with your peers at ISMA, do, do Pete, are, is our industry finally recognizing that? We're the tail wagging the dog? Yeah, we're getting there, right? It's you know, 25 years in the industry, um, if I think about it. Uh, you've seen the evolution, absolutely. Um, are we all there? No. Is there an opportunity to continue to talk about it? Are those, you know, uh, those become great conversations? Absolutely. Uh, if I might there, um, because it, it, it is the, as you just said, you know, the, the, the CEO, the chairman of the company makes it pretty clear of where the organization needs to go. Um, but there's still a lot of how do we fit in? 
and that value representation. But as you, you say it well, right? If the CEO's job is to weigh out the risk and the opportunities and figure out how to grow the business, how to drive the value, um, boy, security is risk and opportunity. It really is. And isn't it interesting, you know, that over the last 25 years, we've been largely, and by the way, this is not a criticism. We've been largely a profession that's defined itself by defense. But once you add the word opportunity, you start going, wait, wait, can risk resilience and security professionals help the organization be opportunistic? Yeah. That's, that's pretty fascinating. It, 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 yes. Uh, and, you know, I think, you know, we talk about, you referenced, you know, my education. Uh, I think a lot of formal discussions on physical security. And uh, we, we, we do some internal training, you know, every year with our uh, security coordinators, the folks who are at our manufacturing facilities who are kind of our, our frontline um, uh, security folks. And, uh, you know, I, I share often with them that it would be easy for, for me to sit in the ivory tower in, in Battle Creek, Michigan and say, here are the must do's, build the fence higher, build the moat, um, you know, create Fort Knox. And, and hey, we'll keep everything protected and secured. However, right, we make cereal, uh, you know, and, uh, crackers and other other products, and we got to get stuff out the door and down the road. Um, so it, it's all beyond the fence line, uh, to use that term of hey, what's going on there. Uh, how do we understand that? How do we protect that? Uh, what is the market? And again, you know, ultimately from a, a, a company standpoint, we've got a product to sell. Um, so as much as we make something, that's great, uh, but that's not the simplicity of the security objective. I want everyone, I'm really gonna, this is me being the um, storyteller in me. I'm grabbing that line. I put a big asterisk next to it and I hope everyone else do, does too. And that is we in the risk resilience security space in profession and our actions with our peers need to be thinking beyond the fence line, beyond the fence line. I love that. I love that. That's absolutely the case. Um, as we get to a close here, Scott, uh, I'm going to throw a curveball at you because um, un unlike me, you're not old. <laughs> but all over... Over the next 10 years, you know, I, I'm going to make you wear your, your little genie hat, your wizard's hat, your forecaster hat. How will our profession change given the technology, given some of these trends you and I have already pointed out on this call? Yeah. What, do you, what do you think we look like in 10 years? I think we're on the track of looking better, right? Because, um, you know, the, we're, we're having to move at a much faster speed of change. Um, you referenced 9-11, right? And, and, and everything kind of coalesced very quickly around uh, one dynamic and, and, and kind of one lens uh, from, from security. And I think if there's nothing we've learned the last number of years is, you know, uh, boy, everything's changing faster and we're gonna have to be, uh, you know, adapt and be more agile. Uh, but if I, I, I you know, share a few more of those things that are kicking around in my head when, when you asked that question. Uh, technology absolutely is changing and challenging us. I think 
um, I, I continue to struggle in, in my mind a little bit of you know, convergence. Um, hey, there's a, a, a place and a time and, and, and certainly you know, human, you know, people, uh, technology um, meet at certain points. I think that's where, you know, our risk continues to be. Um, you know, physical security, the bad actor is, is not going to go away despite all our talk about, you know, IT space and AI and cyber. Um, there's still, uh, you know, work to be done clearly in both spaces. Um, so whether those roads, um, you know, come wholly together or uh, work more closely together, but I think, um, you know, the dialogue the last couple of years has been better on a parallel path, right? Um, we're trying to accomplish the same things, uh, maybe in just different ways. Uh, so, you know, more partnership, more conversation, uh, more alignment on, on the goals and how we contribute to each other's success. Um, you know, whether that's with our business partners or in our organizations or um, in, in the cyberspace, uh, I think there's a lot more of that to come. So interesting. I, I, I appreciate you so much, Scott. Thank you. The, the, I'm a visual guy. So I'm thinking if my goal as an executive in any function, and especially the CEO, is to see more clearly. So imagine an eye, a, a pupil, if you will, right? And a recognition that most of us, because we specialize, back to that executive roundtable again, we only see a piece of the truth, right? So, so I think it's fair to say if the global risk footprint is widening, if the speed of change is accelerating, and this is, I'm just repeating what you said, if we have specialization in technology, but not integration, not seeing the whole picture, which is another way of saying, well, doesn't that mean convergence? And our organizational structure, the models by which we organize and act can't be just one piece of the lens, right? So I think all, I think you're right. I think over the next 10 years, it's a recognition we need to see the whole picture and us doing things with technology, with organizational models, with, with all sorts of ways in which we communicate because the world's only moving faster. Absolutely. And I think just, you know, to, to what we touched on here a, a couple minutes ago, right? That the outside, the, the fence piece, right? Beyond the wire, um, you know, it's that intelligence piece. It's what is changing in the markets? How fast is this changing? What can we bring back to the business to help? Yeah, as you, you, you referenced and quoted, you know, advise and enable the business. I really, you know, believe that in with my security hat on and my other roles is um, give them the information. We're, we're an internal advisor. Uh, they've hired us to be subject matter experts. Uh, but the enablement piece is, you know, in the simplest is to bring down the hurdles, you know, enable them to go have success. Um, and if that's security solutions to reduce risk along the way, absolutely. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, find a path to success for both of us. And before we end the call, Scott, what's your favorite cereal? <laughs> uh, in, in any language, uh, it, it's Frosted Flakes. <laughs> In any language. Yes. <laughs>
go around the world. We've got a few different names in the cereal box, but you know it's a blue box with plenty of the tiger on it. Uh, it's Frosted Flakes. This has been a great conversation with Scott Lindahl of Kellogg. And Scott, I hope we can do it again one day. Thank you, my friend. Great. Thanks, Ron. Appreciate it.